How you going guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fair Dinkum Podcast. This week we had Assad on the couch, the owner of Glenny Kebabs. So we spoke a lot about his journey to owning his own business, how his business is so different to all the others in his industry, trying to create his own community as well, bringing people for car meets with his love for cars, also connecting with his customers and his staff. And he spoke a lot about his self-development journey, which helps his business as well. This episode is jam-packed full of stories. You're going to learn a lot as well and also about his recent travels. So enjoy the episode. Because we know Sheikh Bilal yep. very well. We know, like, obviously we met the Sunnah guy when he came. Yeah, yeah. And he was like an amazingly humble bloke. Yeah. We ended up playing futsal with him. So he was even, oh, nice. it, was yeah. even it was even more like personable. Yeah. But we understand more so than anything, bro. Like, these guys just want to be treated as a human. They want to yeah. just have that little... No, no, 100%, bro. Even with, like, Noman Ali Khan, when we, we went to go pick him from the airport, he was wrecked. You could tell he was wrecked. And um, we're sitting in the car, and we're like, obviously, like, you want to do the same, like you said, the same thing. Oh, it's so cool to see. I was like, how's your Urdu? He's like, it's pretty good. I'm like, he's like, how's yours? I'm like, it's not, not so good. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can speak fluently. I just have an accent, like an Aussie accent, you know? Yeah. He's like, go. And I said, he just starts laughing. He goes, yeah, you're, you're just bad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that like, that was it. That was our conversation. Yeah? Just yeah. Like well, a normal dude. My brain actually can't compute. You know that, yeah? Yeah. Well, like, it can't compute that you have an Aussie accent. Yeah, when I say Urdu. Yeah. That, that doesn't, yeah. bro, that's, that's wild. Arab, you know that the TikTok, like, oh, is an English, uh, when you know it's Americans and they try to speak Arabic, but they know Arabic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be like yeah. that. Like, like me speaking on the phone to my grandmother in Lebanon. They yeah, Kifik, inshallah, you are near. You know, <laughs> go chuck in a couple of English words yeah. <laughs> just to suffice. But nah, bro, for me, that's just wild. Can you imagine like a guy, Bogan, goes, so tries to speak Urdu, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when, but you learn from like day dot, yeah? Day one. Urdu. Yeah. yeah, but just my mom and dad, that's it. I think, yeah. Because they've taught me here and yeah. I've got no one to practice with. Uh, okay. It's like, I'll give you an example. You know how people have bad tajweed? You know, you, you, anyone can speak, anyone can read Arabic. Yeah. Not anyone, but if you can read Arabic, you can read yeah. Arabic. But your tajweed is going to be always off unless someone corrects That's it. Obvious. So with me, my Urdu, they're like, they were just happy I could speak Urdu. They never corrected it. So for example, if I'm meant to, be, if I'm meant to say like, hi in Urdu, I'm saying hi. Like it, <laughs> it, you add multiple words together, and they start yeah. laughing. Yeah, anyways, it gets me by. That's funny, man. Because I feel like that's everybody who's first generation in Australia. Yeah, you're born here, yeah. Uh, no, I was, I was born. I was one year old when I left. Colors, and you're yeah. born here, basically. Yeah. No, then <laughs> I lived in New Zealand for ten years. So. Halfway. So you you could came here at ten. Can you switch on the Kiwi Urdu? Uh, <laughs> I lost the accent. I got bullied. I, I had to like you, you know you get, they get bullied in primary school. Like oh. well, what are you saying? I'm like whatever I was saying. Yeah, yeah. they point I, I everything yeah. out. The I, don't, I can't. Things. I don't know what the words. Penguin. I was saying weird or fish or you know numbers and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Well, you um you look well rested, bro. You want to yeah, tell us a little bit about your holiday? That's good, bro. Um. If you want to, if you're happy to speak about that. Yeah, no, it was good. It was. How many cities? 28 cities all up. Uh, I haven't got, I haven't gone on holiday since I started the business. So like I, I go, every year I'll go like one, sh I don't count this. I go to Bali or something for like a week. So it's very short, you know, just to go change the weather up. Cheap food, it's halal. It's, it's, yeah, you got the good scenery. But then me and the wife, we've always wanted to go explore. And now more than ever, because of, you know, what's been happening in Australia, we want to explore other places where we can migrate to so we're like naturally you know, Muslim countries come to mind so I've still got to do a few more so I'm going back inshallah in the next couple of months to go check out Oman Oman sorry so in Muscat uh, Muscat in Oman and Doha in Qatar mm. but it's good man like 
top five cities, not in this order. I exclude Mike and Medina because I'm obviously I'm biased. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to put that because it's unfair. Like, everyone's like, what's your favorite city? I'm like, Maka. Like, bro, come on. But yeah, like, not in this order for me. I reckon it was Cairo, Istanbul, Marrakesh, Santorini in the Greek islands, and Granada in South Spain. Yes, sir. Yeah, like, it was amazing. Granada. I lived, Granada. There, I lived there for a few months. Really? Like Granada tripped me out, but I didn't expect it to be how I seen it. Like, I don't know what parts, I guess, like I'm talking about, you know, the old city, like, I don't know if it, they call it the Medina, the, the old city of the yeah. Granada. Yeah, well, the Arab shops, seen, so all yeah. the shops, everything. In Melbourne, you know, like the Adhan is in the Masjid. You know, whereas back in the day, the Adhan was out to the people, out in the street and such and such. Whereas in Granada, I don't know what Masjid it was. If I check my phone, I'll find it for you. But he's got a small little balcony. He stands outside, does the Adhan. And all the shops are closing. People are walking yeah. there. I was like, "That's sick, man!" Like, Amazing. we don't have that here. Like, it's cool. What time was this? Around siesta time? Like, uh, in what I prayed there it would have been Doha, yeah. Yeah. So they they already got the siesta. Yeah, they got a break anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that's but amazing. Was, but bro. it was cool. Like that. You know, you still hear the Alan, Alan, which yeah. tripped me out. I didn't think Spain you know, after. And it's literally happened. just one of the brothers, like just yeah. saying it out loud them on the yeah. streets and so you see all the Moroccan. Even Cordoba, like you know, if you're in the, if you're in the busiest part of the you know tourist hub, like where that. Masjid slash cathedral thing is now. Mm. You hear the Adhan every Maghrib, like out loud, like it's cool. Like I didn't expect to hear that in Spain because of the history of Spain, you know? Amazing, yeah. And because you um, went to all, like, I saw you went to other European countries, but then when you go to Spain, you still have that connection. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Like Spain, like this is one thing I was literally saying to the boys yesterday because I caught a uh, ferry from Morocco to Spain, right? Yeah. So when you leave Morocco, the last thing you see is a mass, like, I, I don't know how big, like, maybe 300 meters by 100 meters tall on a mountain. They've got um, La Ilaha Ilila written on rocks, like uh, painted rocks. Oh. And the first thing you see when you enter Spain is a big masjid. It's the first thing you see. So they've got a little um, odd, they've got a weird situation where one small piece of island belongs to the UK. It's in Gibraltar? Gibraltar. Gibraltar. So that's the first the thing you see. Rock. Yeah, so the first thing you see there is the masjid built on that cliff. Oh, so that, that is the first thing you see. Yeah, yeah so yeah, the first thing true. you see when you get to the port. Because I went to port... Uh, Alexandres or something like this, but yeah, it was that was cool. Yeah, you know, every, everything had its own vibe. Like Jordan, like people say, oh, you didn't pick, you know, any of the cities from Jordan. I'm like Jordan as a whole. Yeah. Like if I had to pick a country, Jordan was my favorite because it had so much different. Yeah. So oh, okay. Like Petra was a vibe, you know. Wadi Rum is cool. You get to see the Dead Sea. I'm sitting there having breakfast. I'm looking at like Palestine, like a West Bank, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. in like the city cool. as well. Yeah, you Aman, I love the man, bro. Yeah. Like that's one one small difference I noticed. And sorry if I'm draining the no, 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 podcast. Um, but one thing I noticed in Aman is, um, like when you went, for example, in Saudi, a lot of their workers are abroad workers. Yeah, same thing in the Emirates. In Aman, they're all locals, and so you you don't see like there's that injustice being done to anyone. Everyone's happy, everyone's content, everyone's relaxed. Mm. People are nice. I don't know, I like that man. Aman. And there's there's a lot nice. of Palestinians that live there. A as lot, well. bro, hundreds heaps. of thousands, yeah, bro. It's heaps, amazing. Heaps. Um, but yeah, like, and then obviously me being me, so I got denied entry in Pakistan because my um, place of birth and my passport says Pakistan. Oh. And if you've ever looked at the Pakistan passport, on the very first page it says this passport is valid in all countries of the world except Israel because Pakistan doesn't yeah, recognize Israel. Yeah. So <laughs> I got denied entry there. I was like, all right, whatever. And then my mate's like, bro, just like, you know, go over the bridge. You can go through the Jordan. Like, you know, it's uh, draw the line. You might get in, you might not. Yeah. Like, all right. This is before this kicked off, by the way. So I was like, all right, whatever. Anyways, I was Google Maps. There's a, ch- I can't remember the name of the church, but they say it's where the, where Isa Lesa, or for them, Jesus was baptized. Yeah. I was like, all right. And then went on some back streets, probably like one kilometer from the border. I was like, 
I'll try it. <laughs> I got a rental car. What up? We got there, and then I mean, you know, obviously pull out the guns. But yeah, the closest I got was one. <laughs> one. The closest, tried, I've, the closest I've been to now, Palestine, is one kilometer. So it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, but do you have dual passports? You couldn't just give your Australian. I've got a New Zealand passport. Oh, New Zealand. But yeah, either way, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't. They wouldn't accepted it. Still like even when we call the embassy, because my mates like, bro, unfortunately, you have to call the Israeli embassy, and me and my wife are pretty staunch on this. So I was like, look, don't say Israel, but don't buckle on palestine just be ambiguous hi we're looking to visit what do you want to see the sites like <laughs> yeah like that uh news and passport always as soon as she said pakistan her vibe changed but like literally she's like yes come come no he cannot come and we're like why she goes he cannot come he needs to get someone from israel to apply as a like a, be a sponsor and i was like we don't know anyone there she goes call up a tourist company we call up three for tourist company they all deny i was like okay just leave it they must have a list of countries once they hear the names like pakistan you know. afghanistan Malaysia yeah, there's, well? a, there's about so I don't know if Malaysia, what the situation with them is, but I know Afghanistan, Pakistan, you're a write-off. Because you know? I know there's yeah. a few passports that have the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bangladesh is the same, sorry. Bangladesh has got the same okay. thing. Yeah. I'm Lebanon. Lebanon, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know yeah. if you go to Israel, Palestine, you won't get into Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, if you're stamped. So apparently, yeah, like you would know, people put it on a, the stamp on a different paper or something. I don't yeah, know what yeah. the situation is, but... Yeah. I don't even want to stamp, bro. Keep yeah, when, yeah. I, <laughs> when I went there, they give, they give out papers they know. Yeah, you basically don't want the stamp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is your first holiday. I want to come back to first proper holiday. I, yeah. I want to come back to the fact that you went, you put Cairo first because I know a lot of no, people. No, no, it wasn't in order. Oh, I wasn't. That's my top five cities. Oh, okay, top okay. Cities, but yeah. still, having it in top five I is a bit it. contentious. I, yeah. I know a lot of a lot of people tell me that Egypt is probably the worst place. Yeah, I hear been, that. I hear that. And they're like, I just wanted to see the pyramids and leave. Yeah. But I'll come back to it. Yeah. But you're saying this is your first holiday in how long since you started the business? The last holiday I had was 2016. January. We're not yeah. counting Bali and all that as well, yeah? Those are every one to two years, but I don't count. But like, it's six days, five days. Like, it's not long. Basically going to Brisbane or something. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> but, um, so, um, that sacrifice, bro, is massive. Yeah. Especially for us, because we're a bunch of boys yeah. here that love to travel. And honestly, I'm not too sure if you were fond of traveling before starting the business. And you had to make that decision to make that sacrifice. Mm. What was it like for you, obviously, when you first started out the business? Did you expect yourself to be making that kind of sacrifice? No, nah, I wasn't you know, a bit delusional thinking, yeah, I'll open the shop and let it run itself. Um, you know, the dream, but it wasn't like that, man. I, once I got in, it's sad. Like, I missed a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have missed. But when I first started, you know, uh, it's a blessing, but there's a struggle with it. So, alhamdulillah, like for me, a lot of businesses, the biggest struggle to go through is to get busy. And for us, like, we got busy the moment we opened. So that's why I say Alhamdulillah. But at the same time, I wasn't prepared for that. So I didn't have staff. I, I just wasn't ready for it. It's so a problem. Yeah, it's a, it, yes. When I say, <laughs> so I said the bad side of it, because I had to work so much, I was there seven days a week. I didn't have staff at that time. You know, I was still figuring it out as I go. The bad thing is, you know, I used to be heavily involved with PGCC. You know, every night I was there with the boys mucking around, whether we're listening to a lecture or resting in the mosque. Like, I was there a lot. You know, it was like a big part of my life. That, that sort of came to an end. You know, I was there for Juma, Ramadan, for Tarawih, but that is it. You know, otherwise you wouldn't see me there. So that, you know, you missed that. Um, same, you know, there's a lot of Janazah prayers I missed. Um, a lot of uh, people's nikahs and weddings I missed. I missed a lot of that important mm. stuff, but, um, so that's the bad side. So, yeah, like I didn't, like I said, I did not expect it to go down how it was in my head. I'm just thinking I'm going to open it up, grab yeah. some stuff in there <laughs> and yeah, walk away. But alhamdulillah, I've gotten to that stage now where I'm not in, in the business, but it took a lot a lot of time in between to learn. Um, the hardest thing I th think I found for me was to let go. You know, like 
to allow others to do their job. I'm a mic- I was originally a micromanager. Yeah. Um, you know, it's your business. You get personally attached to it. I'm trying to break that attachment now. Bro, especially um, if yeah. you began and you were the one on the front line basically yeah. doing everything. Yeah. That's going to make it a lot more difficult because that attachment's even stronger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Being so the face of the business and then, you know, trying to be a perfectionist at the same time, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's yeah, it takes a toll on you. Bro, mm. how, do you, how did you deal with that or how did you actually find yourself um, when you started to let go? How, how did that transition occur? How did that feel? Uh, it's, it's, uh, good question. Like, even with this one, Again, I say Alhamdulillah because everything, you know, people like complain. When something bad happens, people forget to say Alhamdulillah. But for me, what happened is I had a, bro- I had a broken nose for many years and I didn't tend to. I just sort of left it and got to the stage where I just, I couldn't breathe properly anymore. So I told my brother, my little brother, I was like, hey man, like I need to get my nose fixed, you know. He goes, all right. I'm like, can you help and just run the shop? Because he was already helping me out. So he knew what he's doing. I just didn't have that trust in anybody. You know, like I can't have a business run without me. That was sort of my, my, my mentality. Yeah. And then I stepped away. So I was in you know, the, the doctors for three, four days. And guess what? The business ran and there was no problems. And then I went back. This is after the seven months. So prior to that, I worked seven days a week. You know, 14-hour days, I think it was. And then after that, I got to take... Yeah, because I was there from 11 a.m. to... We opened at 12, so I got there at 11. We closed at 3, so I left around 4. So whatever, whatever that works out to be. And um, yeah, so once I got that break, I was repa- uh, recovering, but I call it a break... Um, yeah, man, I, I realized that the business can run without me. You know, I've set up, I didn't realize I have systems in place. You, mm-hmm. you don't think you do. And um, I'm like, for me, that was my p- moment where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to miss out this brother's nikah. And I might go to that event. And I started to get myself out there a bit. So I started taking, you know, weekends off to start with and then added a you know, added Thursday and then added a uh, Monday. And I'm after a few months, I just started, I just stepped away. Now you don't work anymore? No, I work, but not in the <laughs> kitchen. It's the complete yeah. opposite. Yeah, no, I work, but in the kitchen. So, like, my issue was I was stuck in the business, and I, I even say this to many people. I'm like, it's very hard to grow the business when you're working in the business when, you know, you should be working on the business. Mm. So, uh, as soon as I was able to do that, I was able to grow the business even better. Can you good. develop on that a little bit more? Yeah. So, you were saying uh, instead of working in the business, work on the business. So, what yeah. does that mean? Like, from the outside, the administration? And yeah, like everything. So, when I am in the when I was in there, my focus is make sure, you know, the shop's clean, staff are presentable, communication's good, customer service is there, food's on point. But that's sort of really it. Well, every time I could in between, I'll take photos and videos because, you know, you got to sort of stay on top of social media these days. Mm. But when I got to step away, I was like, all right, like, I know what content I want, but I'm, mm, yeah, I'm not a media guy. And my content's a bit hazy you know it's um the editing's a bit poor so then i reached out and got a media guy because i had time now so i told him what i want and then for example media guy handled same with accounts you know i used to give everything to an outside company but when you do that you lose focus of what's really going in you know, you don't have the numbers in front of you yeah. so if you spoke to me um you know now as opposed to at that point you'd be like oh you know what's the margin or what's your cost on this um i didn't have an idea because because <laughs> well. i gave it to someone else to do i was like hey man like i didn't have time whereas now like it, it's a weird phase. I, I didn't deal with my numbers accounts, which is very important. You know, you have to know your finance, uh, your finances. So I didn't deal with it. I let someone else deal with it. Then I started deal with it, dealing with it, and I understood every 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 uh, nook and cranny. You know, I understood exactly how much uh, grain of salt would cost me. Now I'm at a stage where I'm like, I've again handballed it to someone else, but within my company. So I've still got um, view over it, but again, I pass it on to somebody else now. But there's things like that. You know, same thing. I, I would have never wanted more stores. I didn't realize. Um, you know, it gave me a chance to sort of get feedback from customers and have conversation with the customers. People love that. You know, people love 
when the business owner engages with the customers. Mm. Um, so it gave me a lot of time to do that. I'm just literally just muck around with them. So like, you know, we do these big events every Wednesday uh, for cars. We've been doing it for seven years. Uh, you know, before me having time, I'm just serving everyone. After that, I'm actually mucking around and bandaging mm. with people and talking to them and engaging with the car club so they get um, you know close to us so we can create that community. So uh, I reckon... I think you're being a bit modest. Community is a, uh, a, a light word, bro. It's yeah. more of a... Don't quote me on this, but cult. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few guys. So I want to know, like, basically, like the early days. Did you ever have this vision early on about having car meets, having like the community, like connecting with customers? Because you don't see many stores doing these mm. kind of things. It's kind of outside the box. Yeah. Like, where did it come from? But a lot. Of, I'll give you the, in, in simple terms. Glenny Cabal was meant to be a side hustle, and I was running my dad's chemical business. That was the reality. And then, like I said, it got busy real quick. And for me, like I always tell everyone, I go always leverage what you have. You know, for example, if you're I don't know, if you're a funny guy, that should be your gimmick. Be that funny restaurant people go to and muck around, or you, know, you might be good at like, you, I don't know, you might be like a bodybuilder. So make like use it, use it, you know, use it to an advantage. Mm-hmm. So with me, like I've always been a car guy. I've always been in the car scene for many, many years. So I said it to my, it, it was an accident, but then I, I, I leaned on it. So originally, what happened is when I first opened up the shop, you know, the boys would come to support. I even check out your shop, and I'm into like RX sevens. I don't know, like, like road, like ma- like s- certain Japanese cars. The one Vin Diesel drove in Fast and Furious. Okay, that, that helps. Yeah. Um, so I had that, and I had a group of friends with with those cars, and in, like in Melbourne or even in the world, they're pretty unique. And I hit up those guys. I'm like, hey, like you know, I've got this new shop. Come check it out. Come on, uh, come on this Wednesday. Wednesday's not a busy day. Come on Wednesday, we'll relax. And they came past, and that was it. Next Wednesday, a bunch of cars rocked up. I'm like, hey, what's going on, guys? They're like, oh, we heard there's a car meet. I'm like, why? Like, you know, like because I, I I didn't I didn't make this. And they're like, oh, like last week we you know people they said there was RX sevens here, and like I said RX sevens are unique, you know. I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, like hang out, you know, make it, make you a thing. And that's why I said I leaned on it. So then I was like, all right, let's actually make it an event. And um, yeah, it started off with mates just message yeah. um, coming to see me, and then like I said, I leaned on it. And the re- reason it worked very well for me is I've been in the car scene, you know, since I was 18. So I'm not some random guy that people thought was trying to just profit off random car people. I was like, no, I want to give you a place where you can come, enjoy, hang out, not get, you know, harassed by the cops or in, um, you know, in cars. Every you know, every group has toxicity. Car groups, they start to hate on each other too. So I'm like, no, no, like this is a neutral <laughs> grounds. Everyone enjoy, relax, and um, that's good. Even till today, like we're, we've been going strong. Um, yeah. So you had a bit of, I remember, there was might have been a bit of negative publicity, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, just yeah. in regards to hooligans and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Hooligans, no. I had, I was trying to be, I had an issue with my landlord, Caltex. Uh, so long story short, again, you know, you have to say Alhamdulillah in these situations. My situation was I got too busy and they're like, you're, you're too busy to be here. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? They're like, <laughs> you need to uh, slow down your operation. I was like, that's a bit dumb. It's like me yeah, saying, it's that. like you guys coming to my show. I'm like, hey man, just come back tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. it's too busy right now. <laughs> that's essentially what they wanted us to do. They said this, and I, and I was a bit naive. Like, I was a bit blindsided. It was happening to me then and there. I say this now. I I sort of get. I I, I do understand the situation. So back then they were saying, you know, you're too busy, and I was like, what are you guys talking about? I got a bit stubborn and got a bit annoyed. That they started to restrict us, so the car events got banned. Um, they started restricting us on how much parking we can use. Three spots, by the way. I've got like six people working at once, and they wanted <laughs> me to have three spots. And then, um, yeah, so like uh, we went to court. Um, we ended up, I ended up being on the front page of every news channel at the time, um, every newspaper. Sorry, so you know, Daily Mail, local news, and Leader, and all that sort of thing. Yes. And then jumped on the project show. Uh, so that was all right. Like, it's good exposure. That's what I'm saying. There's always good and bad. Yeah. So it was a really good exposure. Yeah, the good thing is the locals, they all started supporting us hard. So, that, you know, this whole cult thing, 
Um, I remember once a, uh, one of the cops calls me up and he goes, oh, um, I need you to just relax with the protest. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's <laughs> like, oh, like there's a protest uh, for Glenny Kebabs tomorrow. I'm like, is there? I, I was like, I was humbled now. That's pretty cool. He goes, oh, you didn't know? I was like, no. I go, who's doing it? He goes, oh, just a bunch of these kids. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, can you have a chat with them and you know, maybe tell them not to go ahead? I was like... Awesome. I go, it's legal, isn't it? He goes, yeah. I'm like, well, let him go ahead, man. <laughs> Went the next day, so many cops. It's like 20, 30 cop cars. Kids obviously buckled. They, they, they left. But the point is, the community was doing a protest on our behalf because we got shut down for a short period. And then, um, yeah, like uh, even on newspaper, it's saying David versus Goliath. So the community, people love Down the Dog, you know. So the community backed us up. It was really good for business. That must have been amazing just to know that people back. Yeah, up. man. I like, uh, like it's cool when like people have gathered to protest for you without yeah, your knowledge. You know, you have an instigator, you haven't asked anyone to do it, they've done it. So you start to think like, you know, I'm in a pretty integral part of this community. Like mm, people yeah. actually care about us and being you want, in operation. you want to give back even more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So like I remember when, when we um, when we reopened, um, people were just lining up. And like, for example, like the lines were long. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, shy away. Like I'm like, like it was, it was good. Like it was, there was big lines, people would queue up and I, I, I was there. And um, yeah, guys, like, oh yeah, let's get a can of Pepsi. I'm like, yeah. Right, what else? He goes, not just a can of Pepsi. I'm like, why would you line up half an hour for a can of Pepsi? He goes, I want to support you. And I was like, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. And mind you, like, our people trip out. Like, our um, customer base is not Muslim. Mm. It's because of the area that we're in. It's predominantly Chinese, Australian, and Sri Lankan. Um, I could say like maybe ten to fifteen percent of our customers are Muslim, mainly because I'm just not in in a Muslim area. Yeah. But I'm like, it's cool. It's good. It's good to see that support. It make, makes you realize, like, you know, you are somebody in that community. People actually care for you. Mm. Yeah. So now nah, it was good. But like, it wasn't bad publicity. We never got um, lit up about, you know, hooning or cars and this and that. Time to time, obviously, people would muck around a bit. It's hard. We've got, for example, you got 200 cars, and one guy decides to do a burnout. Like, it is what it is. You try prevent it, but <laughs> yeah, but it's inevitable. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit hard. But then, even with that, like, <laughs> we almost make uh, everyone feel like. Almost like a school system because I remember the cops came once. They're like, oh, how do you monitor this? I'm like, oh, we have a big um, group. So forget the Facebook page. There's a group. Like we have a community page and all the car people are on it. So, for example, if you come and you do a burnout, I'm calling you out. And everyone's going to know that this guy got called out. So you know what happens at all the other car events? You can't go. You get banned. Wow. Yeah. So, like, it's it's that's what I'm saying. It's like school. I'm a school teacher. So if they misbehave. Necessary. Yeah, it is necessary because I tell everyone. I'm like, dude, that 10, 15 seconds of fun like that ruins it for everyone because mm. we've got neighbours, you know, we've got residents living around us. No one wants to... Like, I'm like, there's a difference with cars and hooning. Like, people like cars, they like cars. Hooning's... It just uh, it annoys everyone. So I said but the um, wrong word earlier, hooligan. It was hoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing, like hoons, yeah. But um, like this, that's the thing. So, like, I, I'm almost like the teacher. So, if they start misbehaving, I'm taking a photo, I'm calling them out, I'm going to put the car online and <laughs> they don't do it, man. They become apologetic to the stage. Like, oh, awesome. please, man, like, delete it, delete that. I'm like, no, man, I go, why'd you do it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we've been good at humble with the cops. Now people know with like modified cars that yeah you know, might not be legal, they feel safe with them being at clinic cars. The cops don't come to us; they don't bother us. Mm. They they've pretty much set a rule with us saying, look, um, we understand you know the cars probably are a bit lower than they should be, and they've got mods that they shouldn't be provided. Uh, they don't do burnouts, skids, and start excessively revving to, to uh, yeah. frustrate the neighbors because we're happy for you to do this. All right, cool. Of course. So yeah, that's no, been good. I think there's another question I want to ask. Mm. Did you pay that guy to get the tattoo? Clinic Kebab's nah, tattoo man. on his forearm? That guy, <laughs> oh, that was so trippy. So I remember I was working that day too. I was working over the counter. You know when you know your regular customer, you recognize him. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize this guy. So he rocks up. So he must have, he's either been coming when I'm not working or whatever it was. Anyways, he rocks up. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, hey, how you going? He goes, oh, look what I got. And he just shows it to me. I was like, 
like, I'm, I'm tripping out. I'm like, a bit awkward, <laughs> yeah. yeah? Bro, it's a bit much. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, what's that? He's <laughs> like, it's a tattoo. I was like, why'd you get it? <laughs> oh, He's like, oh, like the boys were telling me I'm always here, so yeah, I should get it. And I was like, oh, nice. And that was it. And then uh, my other mates were like, oh, like, did you give him something? I was like, no. Nah. Like, like, did you give him a free meal or something? I was like, nah, man. I I, I was shook. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a bit yeah. much. Like, like it is a, it's cool, but it's a bit much. Like, um, to see that some guys that, like, for us, tattoos are haram, so that's why I'm not really yeah. keen on it. But as a non-Muslim for, you know, where that rule doesn't apply, for him to go out of his way, pay someone, go through that pain to have someone's logo on there. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. But honestly, like, you start, you start to see that, like, people need that sense of community. Yeah. It means more to other people than, like, maybe the, the people you might think would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, you, that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, 100%. But the community thing, so put that tattoo thing aside, the one thing I do get very happy to see is we sell this stuff like to people. So like the normal stuff is obviously without the name, but then people want to get their name. So like, for example, if you're, um, if you're, if you're an Arab, you can get Ar- your name in Arabic. If you're Chinese, we'll give your name in Chinese. So like it's, it's unique. It's a oh, personalized yeah. t-shirt, right? Yeah. And we don't make, make money off it. Whatever the cost is, we sell it. And people are like, don't like, you know, you should milk it. You should make money. Off it. I'm like, dude, it's pub- like, it's marketing. People walk around. I, I see this every time. If I go to Chadson, I promise to you, at one point, I'll see either someone in a Glenny Crabs hoodie or a t-shirt. But I'm like, that's sick. Like, people <laughs> yeah. actually are walking around with my brand. But I, they're not doing it for the purpose to walk around with my brand. They're doing it because what you said before, it's community. Mm. So all these, it's, and it is heavily around the car sort of community. Mm. For them, they've created this thing where they know every single week, without doubt, Wednesday night, you go to Glenny Crabs for the big car event. Friday, Saturdays, or whichever day they sort of you know, pick amongst their own groups, they'll come and it's a hangout. So I tell them, I'm like, like, you know, you don't need to buy, you don't need to do anything. Like, I want this to be your spot. Like when we were younger, you know, I'm sure we were all young. When we were like 17, we'd all go to a cafe and like, you know, there's five guys and you buy one coffee. Eventually the owner's <laughs> like, hey guys, like, you, you gotta buy something. Yeah, so yeah. like, I remember that because it happened to me a lot where the guys like, he'd come and point at the sign is like, yeah, $3.50 minimum. I'm like, bro, I'm like 60, I ain't got, I ain't got, I ain't got $3.50. Yeah, <laughs> so I wanted to make sure, like all my life experiences, I'm trying to put back in my business. So like. I tell people, I go. I used to go out of my way, like you know. There's no obligation. Bring your car. Don't buy nothing. I don't care. But you know, make it a make it a place. So like for me, like the thing I see around a lot is our merchandise, our clothes, like t-shirts and hoodies and stickers. So you see Glenny Crabs. So like the boys in the north or Truganina and Kilo, they'll really mess me. Like hey, bro, we saw another one. I'm like that's pretty cool, man. Awesome. Like, I like it. Yeah. The only backfiring of that was once I remember I got abused on a Facebook page. Some guy I went. I can't even repeat the language you use, but some guy messaged me. And he was just abusing me, saying, oh, you drive like this, 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 and you're a moron, you're an idiot, blah, blah. And I was like, what happened, man? <laughs> he goes, oh, like, you know, you're driving the, your Honda Civic or whatever. It was like, like a maniac. I was like, oh, and like, we sell our stickers. Because he thought I'm the owner and uh, I'm the only yeah. guy with a sticker. And I'm he's like, like what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, we have like 200 cars with these stickers. He goes, <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. I'm like, that's right. He's no. like, I, I would understand why someone yeah. put a kebab shop sticker on. <laughs> Correct. Now, he just thought it's me, like the owner must be doing it. That's awesome. But it's got its little perks too, man. Like, my old car, I remember, like, you know when you're driving home late, you, sp- you probably just speed a little bit. Yeah. I was speeding a l- more than a, a little bit. A little bit. bit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, like, we used to, I remember the cops used to come back then at the old shop. They still do now. Every Tuesday, the cops come through. They come in, the crew, they eat, they relax, and they, they bounce. Oh, awesome. And um, the good thing is, we same thing, like, um, we don't give them any perks. There's no discounts or anything for them. They just, it's a hangout spot. Like, you know, it's a little hangout. And um, I remember once that night I was driving home you know, a little faster. And I'm just assuming here. I could be completely wrong. It was like three in the morning from the shop driving. I was you know, going faster than I should have. And a uh, cop lit me up. And I was like, oh, I've lost my license. 100% <laughs> I've lost my license. And now you got right right up behind me. Just lights off. Does a huge. And I was like, no way. Glenn Crabstick on the back of my car, right? I was like, 
and my plate number is a HSP dealer. So I was like, could it be that he's a customer yeah. or is he <laughs> like maybe he got an emergency call? I don't know, but I'm leaning towards the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's got its perks. You know what I mean? Bill Michael Jordan, bro. Yeah, yeah. Associate everything you need to. Yeah, and then <laughs> on that, on the, the last thing I'll say about the community thing, like the, I remember another thing, and I still see it till today, like there'll be, for example, you know, the car park's full, you'll come alone. You'll literally come alone because there are people out there who they're, they're just not social and they don't know how to make friends or they're a bit... um quiet or maybe they're a bit awkward or whatever it is and i and i love seeing this but like they will come they literally come by themselves voila by the end of the night bro they're leaving with a group of friends like they make friends you see them make friends that's right? honestly amazing, like, I like yeah. That, yeah that's uh, probably my favorite thing i would say about like that community element of it yeah yeah so how's it been in terms of like the social media you know because you're, ge- you're getting ideas i'm seeing you're even um connecting with the customers like when they're there as well yeah, 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 because yeah. It, like i don't know many other stores that the actual Owner is connecting on the social media page first of all, but then also with the customers. So first yeah. hand, actually getting to know you a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like you're rating HSP types. Yeah, 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 Types as well. Yeah, nah, that one. So like I said, you know, I said in the beginning, I was doing our own socials. It was all like the co- I loved the content, but I was not capturing it the way I wanted it to be captured. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Like we could be doing this podcast, right? But instead of you know microphones and lights and it's just some guy on a phone. So the content's mad. But it just hasn't been captured right. Yeah. So then I ended up using a media company. So with them, we went the opposite. They had mad, crisp photos and videos. But it's just boring content, man. Because it's not what you're looking it's for. It's not. Nah, they, well, yeah. They, they, like, oh, it's very hard for you to pass on your imagination onto someone else and your creativity. So I just told them, hey guys, like you know, do this. this. So they did the bare minimum in regards to. There was not much creativity. There was no interaction. So like those posts look really nice. Mm. No engagement, no one shared it, no one liked it, no one commented. I was like, nah. And then I last year I was like, nah, guys, I go, look, I'll, I'll get my own media guy working for me and um, just I'll be with him. So I'll literally walk him through it. I'm like, man, I go, like, I want to capture my funny side because I'm a bit of a joker. Like, I want to capture my funny side and just roast people because I'm a roaster. Like, one <laughs> thing everyone knows is I went through this bad stage for like three years where, like, if you gave us a bad review and it had merit, I would respond fairly. If you were just being annoying you'll know about it so like a lot of the guys <laughs> in the hospitality industry they do this like i'll name one of them like kamal from old school pizza i don't know if you know him yes, him yeah. and all the boys from the north they would literally sit down together and be like hey let's go through our size reviews let's see what he said <laughs> I, like i was pretty savage cool. and the thing is we got we got we got unfair reviews dude like you know you'd be an uber driver for example and you might have had to wait an extra couple of minutes you will just like start hating on us and the food and everything about it it's like dude like you didn't even order like you just had to wait a few minutes sorry man or like a customer would be like, oh, fantastic food, love the service. Um, car park was horrible, one star. I'm like, I'm a food business. I'm not in the car <laughs> yeah. park business. Like so then bit. I would roast her. Like I would actually roast her, put her up on our socials, put on our stories. So like I was pretty, like, it's not professional, yeah. but it's unique. People don't like- People love if, that though. Yeah, so like even my mate Hash, I don't know if you know, you know Hash from yeah, Burger yeah, even yeah. he's like, literally, he's like, dude, you as a business owner, say what we can't. You just say it. <laughs> and he goes, you don't care about the repercussion. I'm like, nah, not really. But then I've stopped now because- um, someone raised a very good point to me. They're like, dude, if you went to a restaurant, you had a bad experience and um, you left a bad review, would you go back? I'm like, yeah, probably. That's just something like, you know, I'm not going to bar the place. I'll go back. Maybe it was a bad day. But like if the owner responded to just saying, oh, sorry, you know, we'd love to make it a better <laughs> visit for you. Would you go back? I'm like, yeah, probably. But like if the owner put you on the <laughs> social media saying, hey, look at this donkey. He's, this, this. He's like, would you go back? I'm like, nah. He goes, well, you're doing that. I'm when like, you put yeah. it that way. Yeah, no, yeah, I was. Like I'm telling you, I would screen, print screen it, put it up, you know, put the emoji of that moving donkey. <laughs> oh my God. 
where it was appropriate. Um, yeah, at times, obviously, I, I would uh, not do that. But yeah, so that's what I wanted our social media to be. So instead of me roasting people, I'm like, okay, let's roast people in a funny way. Yep. Or let's, um, you know, let's mock things. So like the last video we did, we did about people loved was me going up to cars and just talking absolute nonsense yep. because we see it. Like we go to car places. I'll give you an example. Like you guys aren't that much into your cars, right? No, no, no. That's fine. And you know, you can, uh, you can re respect that. But you get guys like that who don't know anything about cars, but they'll pretend. Oh. And that's when it gets funny. Like, you know, like, for example, it's clearly a Holden. And the guy's like, oh, that's a nice Ford, man. And the guy's like, that's no, not a Ford. No, it's not like it's a Ford. Like, he doesn't know, <laughs> but he's acting like he knows. And we see it a lot. So the last video I did, I was, I was just roasting them. So I was acting like a complete moron, acting like I don't know anything about cars and just purposely <laughs> saying the wrong thing. Like, for example, you know, where the, like, you know, people have that joke about indicator fluid. Indicators work off electricity. Yeah. And I was acting like you have to put a special <laughs> fluid in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I'm trying to get my personality out. Um, same with the customers, you know, muck around with them because. Off camera, that's what I do. I'm, I, you know, I give him crap. Like, you know, people, if they don't get chilly, I'll, 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 that's it, I'm roasting him. I'm roasting yeah. him. Or like people that get mayo, like I'll roast him. They'll be like, oh, like, why do you even have mayo? I'm like, for like weirdos that. like you. Like we have garlic, but people still want mayo. Um, so I, I, I don't know, I like roasting people. Bro, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think of think of Hamilton? They have to. That's the best combo. Bro, the oh, best combo. The best oh, combo. No, because customers ask me. The customers ask me. And even there was a video about it. We got... With the Halal Bros, I don't know if you yeah, know. Yeah, we got the Halal Bros. They did a video and they asked me like, and they were sharing with me what you know what's the best combo for me. Like sauce wise, how much chili aioli? I don't even get garlic. I get aioli. 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 Screenshot this, and we're gonna roast him. No, nah, that's the best. We're, that's gonna, we're gonna reverse. No one's getting him. a ten out of ten until they say <laughs> that. We're gonna try that though. I'll try. Nah, that's actually we'll good. come down and we'll try it out. I think Definitely. That's, that's a piece Done. of content we have to go. Yeah, that's yeah, no, the best. And you know if it's bad, oh, it won't be bad. Bro. Screenshot. We're gonna, we're, gonna keep, we're gonna put reviews. Yeah, don't do it, right? <laughs> if you give me a bad review, I'll put you online. <laughs> like this donkey. This guy's a mini podcast. How do you come to us? Yeah. But bro, obviously he didn't come out of the womb saying I want to be a HSP dealer. You know? Nah. You know? nah. Oh no, that's the best way I can describe the question because. No, but that's good. You know, I know where you're going with this, and the answer's gonna trip you out. But go on. Yeah. So. Obviously, if we, um, if we, if we um, look at it, obviously you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of the times people always look at what they're passionate about or what they're into. Yeah. And they obviously associate business or whatever they decide to do with their business with their passion. But sometimes it's not always the case. Yeah. Like obviously, I'll let you... No, no. So like with me, I've always wanted to do business. Bro. My, I guess because my family does business. Um, so like my first hustle was Minaret College. Um I've finished school now, so I can say it. Minaret College is a Muslim college in Springville, and they didn't. There was a ban on soft drinks, so I went to Coles and bought soft drinks, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I sold them. So that was my first hustle. I made money, and it's not that. much, bro. But when you're, well, I was in year nine, so when you're like, like fourteen bucks. years old, the impact you make, you make ten bucks a day. You're like, that's my whole week's pocket money because oh, my dad used to give me ten bucks a week. Yeah. I'm like, sweet, I'm set now. So it started with that, and then other little things I tried out, um, you know, bits and bobs, and um, with this one was. How do I even get... Oh, so the storyline behind this. You know what my nickname was in high school? You know, everyone has a nickname, yeah? Mm. What was your nickname? Seuss. What was your nickname? Oh, my name's Ali. It's very short, so... Al. Yeah, Al. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then you yeah. remember in year 12, you can get your nickname on the back of your jumper? Yeah. yeah. You know what my nickname was? Kebabs. No huh? way. Yeah. <laughs> so my year 12, my year 12 jumper, which I still have, it says kebabs on the back of it. That was my nickname. Yeah, so was, uh, the reason for that is... Glen Wadley Secondary College, the other school I went to, uh -huh. um, it's right behind the Glen Shopping Centre. So for year 12s, you were allowed to go to the shopping centre to eat. I'm Muslim, bro. There's nothing halal except for kebabs. So yeah. I eat a kebab every single day. Every single day. So they just gave me an aim, bro. bro like, you're obsessed with kebabs. I like, okay. well. And they just call me kebabs because 
A, I was eating kebabs every day. Two, there wasn't really many ethnics. And although I'm not Arab, they just thought I'm Arab because of my looks. And I'm like, I'm from Pakistan. Like, hey, Arab. I'm like, all right, man, no worries. It's going to be it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So that was my nickname. So um, a few, that, that's why I say like, you know, this is now probably getting a bit on the religious side, but like you always have to know that Allah always has a plan for you. Yeah? And people forget this, you know, whether they're struggling or when they get successful, either way on either um, spectrum, they, they forget this. So like, for example, while I'm not kidding, in 2008, so one year after I finished school, that place where I opened my first shop, I said to my dad, I go, that's a mad spot for a kebab shop. And there was nothing there at this stage. It was just an empty place. He goes, why? I'm like, it's got a petrol station. There's a car wash. I go, it's on the main road. It's opposite the train station. I go, it's a mad spot. I go, but it was empty at the time. Yeah. And I think a year or two after that, it became Muzz Buzz drive through coffee or whatever. So I lost that. Anyways, my dad had no interest and I had no money. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then uh, after the years, it became a kebab shop eventually. And then uh, when I was working with my dad, the thing is I was still working for my dad. And um, he was like in that phase where he just want, he's, he wanted to retire. So he's comfortable. Yeah. And when you're comfortable, you don't want to grow. And when we're young, we, we just want to grow. We want to, you know, um, hit new targets and achieve a goal. So I told him, I'll go, look, I'm going to do my own thing. Anyways, I went to that same place that I looked at as a sort of young kid and then it became a coffee shop. Then it became a really, really bad kebab shop. And um, yeah, I bought off the guy. I paid, paid probably more than I should have, but I just knew that place is going to do well. So that's how I walked into that industry. And like I said earlier in the, in the chat, that was meant to be a side hustle. It wasn't meant to be a full-time gig, but alhamdulillah, it worked out to be a full-time thing. So the guy who's, Nickname was kebabs. Oh, and another part of this, you know, when we're young, we have that stupid email address, like oh, bad yeah. underscore dude Love underscore this. Boy. You know what my email was back then, and I actually use it now? Asad underscore kebabs at hotmail.com. You still use it, that's yeah, good. Because now I can use it. Yeah, yeah. But back then it was a bit lame, because they're like, well, why is it Asad underscore kebabs? I'm like, it's my nickname. But that's oh, wow. the email I created, I think, when I was 15 or 16 years old. So yeah, I can use it, because <laughs> now it's part of my business. Wait, that's actually crazy. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you probably didn't expect that. Everyone's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, I got kebabs sort of was a big part of my life. Obviously, then I phased out of it and then uh, straight back into it. So what happens when you see... Do you still see your schoolmates? Um, they come past the shop and that? Yeah, I see a couple of them. But like, like they like it. For them, they're like, oh, you, you know, you're representing the area because I call it Glenny. Mm. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. And even with that, like the, the, it was very basic. It was a very basic thought process. But for others, they're like, oh, bro, like you really thought out this outside the square. I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, what do people call Broadmeadows? Like Brody. I'm like, what do people call Danong? I'm like, Dandy. I'm like, the kebab shop we go to every night, what's it called? They're like Donny Kebabs. I'm like, it's called Jumbo Kebabs. It's not called Donny Kebabs. I'm like, so if I call this place Assad's Kebabs or Ali's Kebabs or Sohel's Kebabs, they're going to call it Glenny Kebabs. I'm like, let's yeah. just run with it. Yeah, yeah so that's, that, that's how the name came in too. But like, I school, see the school kids, they still laugh. They're like, oh, you yeah, still your kebabs. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit more uh, now than before. But yeah. So when you ended up, like, so obviously you might have had a, a couple of extra uh, side hustles that you had attempted before. Yep. Everyone always says, you know, you have to try a couple of businesses yeah, before yeah, yep. the one comes around that actually works. Correct. Anything else besides that, you know, soft drink business that you did in high school? Yeah. Or that, that, that um, illegal that you can do? <laughs> no, no, I've never done anything illegal. <laughs> I just, they probably aren't Islamically compliant. So I just don't want to talk about it. It's not something I would recommend yeah. to anyone. Um, but... Oh, like, look, you keep this in because this is one part I would say. Like, people do say to me all the time, like, oh, like, you know, much like your shop's doing well, blah, blah. And I, I said this with the other podcasts I did with Adzi and stuff too. I'm like, look, you know, take it or leave it, whatever. For me, I personally genuinely believe, like, I, I wholeheartedly believe this. I go, bec a lot of people's business, you know, they'll start up, and I get it. Like, you know, you don't have money, so you struggle. So you'll get a loan from the bank or you'll get on finance. I don't believe in Riba. I've never touched Riba. And I think that's the 
only reason I have blessings in this business. I've never touched on river. And alhamdulillah, every time we grow, we grow from what we have. We'll never, you know, borrow money or touch on finance. And I think people lose sight of that. People become successful. Maybe they do become successful um, you know, financially. And they're just not content or they're unhappy. And I'm like, how do you get the money, man? Because like, it matters. Uh, so even with people when they get into property, you know, the first house they'll buy on a loan. And then after a while, you know, speak to them after a couple of years and they've got like 20, 30 halal houses. Yeah. But you're like, how how'd you, how'd you get into it, man? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, I think people forget. Like, you know, there are some commandments that people completely neglect. For me, it's a river. I see people uh, do that a lot. And I honestly attribute a lot of my success to the fact that I've stayed away from it. I actually think that's why the barakah is there. You uh, have a certain philosophy when it comes to money or certain advice that you give to people. Not advice, actually, not because we're getting in trouble for that one. Yeah. But uh, kind this of. This not financial advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just disclaimer, you know? Yeah, yeah. But is there something that you did or something that you realized along the way that was um, very important that maybe people who are in, on that path could actually take heed of right now? And, you know? Yeah. Um, I I feel like I've witnessed that saying where people say, you know, if you give, Allah gives more. Uh, 100%, I can attest to that. Uh, it's happened to me, um, so that's one. Uh, number two is, and like, and we continue to the, to do that. So like, anytime there's, sometimes it gets a bit heavy, but like this year, unfortunately, there was a lot of I- issues in the Muslim world. Like I'm talking about, this country got flooded, that country got flooded, there's an earthquake, blah blah. So like, you know, in your head, you sort of have in your head, okay, inshallah, this year I want to give this much, and then it's just it gets really full on. But again, like, there's no loss. Like even now, like I'm inshallah trying to open up another shop, and I feel like it's. You know, the repayment for giving. Um, but like the financial, non-advo- non-financial advice, like for example, I speak to my brother or my mates. Um, this is for Muslims, non-Muslims. I just say this to everyone. I'm like, but if you can't buy it three times, don't buy it. Because if if you do, either you're going to borrow the money or you're not going to have the money to upkeep it or you've sort of put all your eggs in one basket. And so I was just like, it's, I know it's a bit full on, but yeah, if you can't buy it three times, don't buy it. So like some guys you'll meet out there, right? And they'll buy a Lambo. And then like, oh, bro, I've got to serve this brakes, man. It's 10 grand. You can't borrow? I'm like, bro, you have a Lambo. Like, what do you mean you can't service the brakes? Yeah. Well, unless you can buy it three times, just don't buy it. It's, it's unnecessary. It's not needed. Um, yeah, that's probably it. The shortest, but that's the most sort of the common one I keep repeating to people. Like, that's important, though. Yeah. Bro. I think a lot of us forget um, there's actually a very uh, important part of our deen is to live within our means, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, and um, what we're currently living in now, you know, due to afterpay and all that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. You see a lot of people living outside of their means and not understanding that you're still going to end up paying the full price of yeah. it, even though you're paying it in full. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That two fifty or whatever it yeah. was that was initially going to come out is still going to come out, but it's just delayed a little bit, yeah. Hundred percent. So, um, yeah. Well, well, obviously you lived delayed gratification. You've lived it. We, we've seen it because you're you're obviously bringing up the fact that you hadn't taken a, not a, a massive holiday for a long time. Yeah. The grind was, um, uh, I would say, a little bit more intense at the beginning than it was towards now in the end yeah but look in, in saying that i would say at the beginning it's physically straining now it's mentally straining okay yeah what do, you mean, what do you mean by mentally straining oh like like now we've got for example the more you know that saying like more money more problems or whatever well, with me i say more shops more problem more staff more problems <laughs> like you know back then i only had like six people working for me so like that's six different personalities i can deal with now Alhamdulillah, I think we have 160 people working for me. That's 160 different complaints and, um, you know, lies, tricks, um, <laughs> personalities even. Um, there's obviously good, but there's the bad too. So you got to sort of deal with it all. Um, so it gets, it gets tiring, man. Like, like it gets really frustrating. So I think that's what I'm saying. Mentally, it's a lot more straining. Like back then, I didn't 
I, I, my mental health was good. <laughs> so I was fine. So now I just feel like a little bit stressed out. So how do you deal with it? Um, or like how do you keep that balance in your life? Oh, look, obviously, like with me, like, or with anything, like every time something bad happens, end of the day, like, you know, some people just sort of cry or whinge about it. It is what it is. It's meant to happen. There's a reason it's happened. Move on. Like, I know it sounds like a bit harsh for people <laughs> who are like, hey, I'm going through a lot. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But like, you have to move on. There's a reason it's happening. Like, it's not just happening for, for coincidence. So like yeah. every time it does happen, you know, like I'm like, uh, I can give you one example. Like last, not last year, the year before, I signed two leases at one time. I got a bit over ambitious. And I was like, oh, I'm going to open up one in Mount Waverley and one in Oakley. And then the team members that I was relying on at the time, they had like the one, I guess I didn't look, I should have spoken to them. They, um, they finished the degrees that year. So that meant because they're overseas students, they had to get a job in the field in the next year for experience. So I lost them. So that was, they were meant to be my managers. I was going to hire them as my managers. Mm. So um, yeah, that's a stress I had to deal with. So for example, like now I've already paid the guy the rent. I've already paid him the deposit. I've already paid the solicitor. I've now got to pull out of one. So then we pulled out of the Oakley one, lost money on it. The Mount Wavy one hundred is uh, up there. So like that's the stress. Now like people hurt themselves at work because now there's 160 people that can potentially hurt themselves. And it's not they're hurting themselves because I have you know dodgy equipment. They don't follow protocol. Um, I can give you one example. Like, you know, there's a fryer, which is really, really, really hot. And there's a bowl next, uh, there's a bench next to it. So the idea is you leave the stainless bowl on the bench. We had this one girl. She left it on top of the fryer, which is the hottest part, by the way. That's where it's literally shooting out flames like it's it's hot it's the exhaust of the fryer and the fryer's at 180 degrees so that that part of the fryer would be at like 220 230 and she left a stainless bowl on top <laughs> and then she grabbed it so you know what happened to her fingers right they melted onto the bowl like her fingertips it got stuck um yeah like it got, it got like the skin melted off because oh. dude it's hot and stainless steel so anyways we got it on footage um you know we've obviously got like pretty detailed um training procedures we've got rules of the shot what you can and can't do you got sops you've got everything um even though she did everything wrong and she went out, of, she was negligent in her work and she failed to comply with the company's policies and rules, guess who has to pay? Me. That's how it is. And this happens a lot. Like, it does happen. Um, so, that, like, it's stressful. That's not physically demanding, but it, it gets stressful. You're like, man, like, someone else could do the dumbest thing and you got to pay for it. That's just how it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, things like that. Um, I think it's really, that's all it is. When people do ask me, like, what's the most stressful thing? I'm like, it's it's staffing. That's the most stressful thing. Yeah. Um, they can be amazing. And, uh, like, my team, don't get me wrong, they are amazing. Like, they've got us to where we are now. But it's that it's a headache that comes with it also. Yeah. Right, so. There's a skill to it, yeah? Mm. And, uh, obviously, I want to ask you about how you deal with 160 different personalities yeah. and, and, and ensure that not only they, they're happy at, in their employment, but they're loyal to the, the, the employer, and that they're, you know, they're satisfied with yep. the, uh, the outcome of, of the employment. How do you, like, and, like, for example, if they have grievances, yep. a lot of people approach it differently, 160 different personalities, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, it's a yeah. bit more difficult. What's the one approach that you take that helps? Out? In the beginning, I was one-on-one with everyone, but I, I'm talking when I had a much smaller team, say 40 people. So I was a one-on-one, so I knew them. I knew, you know, this guy's got a home loan, that guy's got a student debt, whatever. Like I knew everyone's sort of situation. Um, as we grew, I, I couldn't keep up. And one thing that is not probably a good attribute about me, but I'll, it's good to you know share this stuff, is you can't be good. good you can't be the best at everything. You can't be good at everything. I, although I'm a very social person, I myself I feel I lack empathy sometimes. So you know, you could say to me, "Oh, dude, like you know, um, I'm tired because I went played soccer." Mind you, you're saying this while I'm training, so I'm just like, "So, I don't understand it." You know, for me, it just doesn't make sense. I'm more of a you know, just 
you'll be fine. Like, you know, just get past it. So then I hired somebody for HR and that was their job. Their job was to be their mediator between me and somebody else. I took myself out of the group chats because people misunderstood when I said things. I'm very direct. So for example, when you guys message each other, you might be like, hey, alaikum, how are you? What's happening today? I'll just message you like, where are you now? Because I'm just trying to get to you. Like, yeah, it's not that yeah. I'm trying to annoy you. I just need to see you right now. <laughs> um, so I'm very direct. So for example, um, with staff members, you know, I might message someone saying, where are you? I'm asking, where are you? So I know where to bring your coffee. That's it. Like literally, that's my intention, right? Wow. They're thinking, oh, he's saying, where are you? Like, I'm not at work. He doesn't think I'm at work. Like, miscommunication, right? All yeah. because I just said, where are you? So the point is, I'm too direct. So I know that's where I lack, um, I guess, communication skills. In person, I'm fine. And everyone says that to me. They go, but when you message, or email, it's usually message, you're very, they think I'm blunt and they take it the wrong way. So what I just did is I took myself out of the group chat because I know it's not, <laughs> I'm not good at it, right? Why, why, why make everyone annoyed at me? Uh, so I just took myself out of the group chat. So all the 160 staff, they don't, I don't talk to them. They don't talk to me. Um, when it comes to small little um, uh, sort of issues, I'll speak to them when I'm in the shop. I'll speak to them if they reach out. But now the HR person deals with them because, like I said, I like that. So I got someone else to fill it in for me. Was there ever like, you know, because obviously you hit the ground running along with Badik with the business. Was there ever like imposter syndrome or like your feeling of like, you know, this could end soon. This might just be a phase or... And how did you mitigate that if you did? Yeah, yeah I, I think about that all the time now. Like, even now, I'm like, if I want to grow out, now's the time because, mm. you know, we're still relevant. Businesses do, you know, come and go. There are businesses out there like Mac, is there, they're just there. But like, you know, yeah, you're right. I think about it all the time. Like, you know, I'm only getting older. So like, I say this to my mates a lot. I'm like, dude, like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm cool anymore. Like, you know, like seven <laughs> years ago. Yeah, 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 but like, you know, that. seven years ago, like I was... Yeah, like I was a big boy. Starting. I was training. Yeah. I was probably, I didn't have white hairs. <laughs> I was um, a bit more, I was in the car scene heavy. Like I'm still in the scene, but like I don't have any, what you could say like cool cars now. Whereas back then I did. So like I was very relevant. So people um, were naturally were a bit drawn to me. And if they were drawn to me, they were drawn to the business. Whereas I'm like, I'm sort of, I'm getting older. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got white hairs now. I'm not so fit anymore. I don't have a cool RX-7 anymore. So like, am I, yeah, I'm going to phase out. People, yeah. there'll be, a, the new kid's going to come eventually. And he'll be that new uh, guy that everyone wants to hang out with and go to his shop. So I'm like, this is the time for us to just um, go all out. So that's that's why I took a break sort of from a business level. I didn't really want to grow the business last year, but now, um, yeah. Inshallah, you'll see over the next maybe year or so, like, I'm going to go all out. But honestly, the one great thing about your business, like outside looking in, is that you, you're adapting, you're doing new things. You're yeah. not just... Because I see with a lot of stores or food shops, they kind of just sit with it and it's like, okay, um, the money's coming in, yep. it's good enough. No need to do extra changes, yeah, but then yeah. you're still looking for these opportunities to yeah, yeah. grow even bigger, which is amazing. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned. It. Yeah, so for me, like my initial point when I end, uh, opened up my first shop was, I feel like I always have to explain it in depth. But I'll give an example. Like back in the day when we were all kids, for example, right? Fish and chips shops were around, just local shops, run down. Uh, usually a mom, like we call it Home mom business. Yeah, mom dad business, very small, very basic. You know, there would be no customer service. It wouldn't be a vibe it wouldn't look aesthetic it's just it did its job but that, nothing beyond that and a lot of burger shops back then too were this uh, were similar sort of lucky shops fish and chip shops eventually became places like uh, hunky dories where you could take your wife and kids and friends and it's actually a nice presentable place with aesthetics and it's tidy <laughs> and there's customer service burgers did the same thing you know there's betty's burgers and burgatory and so forth so did the same thing with jimmy grant's and so like so kebabs never did it they just didn't do it. They never evolved. They, they always, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I, again, I wouldn't want anyone to take this like racially, but you know, facts are facts. Most kebab shop or every kebab shop that I knew growing up in Melbourne was owned by you know, either a Pakistani bloke, Lebanese, Turkish. They were migrants. 
They lacked education. And they jumped into the food industry because you don't need qualifications. Mm-hmm. And they generally kept their family in there. And that's all it ever was. And I mean, for them, it probably worked. Like, you know, it, it was sustainable. It kept them going. Cool, no worries. So I'm not, you know, throwing shade on them, but I'm saying it never evolved. Mm. So when I came in, I was like, I'm not uneducated. You know, <laughs> I did commerce. I, le- I learned something. Uh, I've got a uh, decent business acumen. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good on with marketing. I'm good with communication. And I like to reinvent things where I can. So for me, it's like, I want to not only have like a really you know, cool kebab shop, I want to reinvent kebabs. Like redo it. Because... Us growing up, same thing. Kebabs was like late night, cheap food. People have, feel, people have always associated, associated kebabs with greasy, unclean, unhygienic, unhealthy. Mm. Uh, there's no communication. Like the guy will just be like, yep, cash only, doesn't care about what you want. Like that's how it's always been, right? <laughs> so with us, um, if you walk into one of our shops, like let's use Glenwavely, for example, like I made it aesthetic. My whole roof is garden. The walls are garden. There's, even, there's a nice. full-on modified Harley Davidson just parked in there because you know, it's about the vibes. Um, our staff are trained meticulously. So I know like, for example, out of the 160 staff, I probably only allow 40 to do customer service because those 40 know how to banter. They know how to laugh. They know, they know the slang words of today, like which I'm still catching on. Like, you know, people used to be like, oh yeah, cap. I'm like, well, you lost your cap? What are you talking about? He's like, no, cap means liar. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like, turn, like, like the language changes. You all need that. that. Yeah, so you I need those that. young guys to know what's going on. They, they have to know all the vibes. Like, you know, there might be some weird TikTok video going around. I don't know about it. But then the staff knows, so he's made this weird reference. My customer service person has to make that reference back because yeah. that's a click, right? You click. So um, I've, for me, like, I think I've been successful in doing that. So like you said before, you know, kebab shops were just kebabs, normal fries, and soft drink cans. Whereas we went through a phase, or we still have now, like you can go to our kebab shop and we have every dessert you can think of. You know, um, we don't have just fries. We have waffle fries, which is like a specialty chip. We have sweet potato fries. We've got wedges. So my sister contributed a lot in the beginning where she's like, oh, you should look at different dietary requirements. I'm like, yes, halal. She goes, no, there's other dietary requirements. <laughs> I'm like, like what? She goes, well, like, you know, people um, are vegan. I was like, why would a vegan, why would a vegan person go to a kebab shop? But they do, man. Yeah. And I, like, what, just we, slapped we, the word there. Yeah, yeah we, and we, we went out of our way. We did create our own sort of um, mock meat, they call it. It's made of jackfruit. And dude, the vegans flock to us. They loved it. Like, they love the fact that a new sort of younger, cool business was accommodating to them, yeah. you know? Um, and then same with like my sister, for example, she's celiac. I don't know what that means. I'm like, what's that? She goes, oh, if I have gluten, like my throat, literally her words. She goes, if I have gluten, my throat will swell up and I'll die. I was like, oh, wow, that, that's pretty hectic, yeah? Because it swells up and you can't breathe. So she's like, oh, you should have like gluten-free things. I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> kebab shops never thought this, right? They never thought to accommodate everyone's diet. So we ended up being a place that's halal. It's got gluten-free options. It's got vegan-free options. And um, yeah, people loved it, man. Like even s- drinks and stuff, we didn't stick to your bare base. We, we had kombucha, man. Like people like kombucha is such a healthy drink. I'm like, yeah, we wanted healthy options yeah. for people. So like if someone wanted something healthy or on the healthier side, they would get just chicken. Uh, they would get just salad with it. No sauce, no nothing. And get rice or sweet potato fries. It's a reasonably healthy meal. I remember you had a kebab at the time on the HSP or like a version of the HSP that was the gym one. So yeah. just like the rice, the tabbouleh and then the thing. That's yeah, yeah. So like when we started thinking of names, same thing. I told you, I used to be into fitness a lot back then. And um, right opposite my shop was a gym. So I was like, all right, I might as well make some gym things here. Because um, it's cool. Like like I said, I wanted to relate to the young crowd. So so the young kid, they were like, you know, fitness is a big thing, blah, blah. When you come out of high school, like everyone wants to go to the gym, whether you stick to it or not, whatever. So with me, the gym pack was, um, yeah, like we said, meat, um, salad, and chips or rice. And the idea was meant to be meat is protein, 
chips as carbs and salads as your greens. Then we did another one, which is like carb overload. So, you know, people like to bulk up during yeah. winter, um, which is just, yeah, carbs. So like rice is carbs, Perfect. meat is protein. Then you've got chips as carbs, so it's carb overload. Then we had like vegan life, which is the same thing, just replace the meat for mock meat. Mm. Yeah. I think that was it. The other ones were just straightforward, like meat and chips, meat salad, whatever. So in terms of generating ideas, you mentioned that your sister obviously told you about gluten-free, vegan, all that. Do you get your staff as well, their opinions? Yeah. yeah. So like... Like when it comes, like, like drink recommendations, like last year we, we added Prime to the fridge. Like Prime it's was really this, nice, ki- yeah. again, I, I promise to, like if you ask me what Prime was, I have no idea. Like staff, one staff member came up to me, he's like, oh, you should stock Prime. I'm like, what's that? He goes, a drink. I'm like, no, we have heaps of drinks, man, relax. <laughs> and another staff member said the same thing. Mind you, these are all the young guys, they're like yeah. 15, 16 years old. And I was like, what is this thing, man? He's like, I'm, I promise, man, if you get Prime, like it will sell out. I was like, what is it? He goes, oh, like, and he mentioned the guy, KKSI and Logan. I don't know these guys. Yeah, like, yeah, right, like, yeah. I'm, I'm a different gap. And I was like, no, I don't know who yeah. these guys are, man. He goes, just trust me. If you do it, it will sell. I'm like, I'll try it. Went online, can't buy it. It's sold out everywhere. I was like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. And then um, I literally, one of the staff members that came, I know, like, almost like a, like it was Shane. He goes, <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I was like, who do you mean? He goes, I know a guy. You could get it. I was like. Maybe he's like you in high school. Yeah, selling yeah. Drinks and I was like, do you? He goes, yeah. I'm like, put me on to the guy. He goes, all right, done. Dude, this guy was selling me a, one bottle. I don't know if you guys have had Prime. One 500 mil bottle was 12 bucks or 13 yeah, bucks. He's, he's scamming you. <laughs> I we bought tried. slabs off him. Oh, serious? And I sold them at my shop for 20. And people bought yeah, it. People, so bro, I've sold out every day. Every day I was sold $20. out. $20? Yeah, man. 20 bucks for a, a, a bottle of the drink. And that thing is, A, people who maybe weren't familiar with my brand, like because that's the thing. I'm always targeting the young kids, right? Because when you build a customer, you build a customer for life. So like yeah. even now, I see the kids that used to come there as like year seven. And I'm like, man, like oh, you just cool. finished uni, dude. Like it's cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like even one kid that used to come there as a kid, he's my electrician. The other one's my spark. Like I, I, I'm oh, using them now. So like cool. we all work together. Um, so like, thing is with Prime, I started bringing all these kids I've never seen before. So maybe different area, whatever, because you know, we're the only one in the Southeast that had this one particular drink. Um, so yeah, like the, the, the short response is, yeah, every time there's something new or some sort of trend or phase, I want to make, make sure I'm on top of it. Yeah. One thing I tell all my team uh, is like, you know, we're not, I don't want to be that guy who's resistant to change because a lot of businesses, they're like, oh no, what we do works and we will never change. Like, man, like things change all the time. Like, you know, back in our day, maybe like, you know, something, a trend would last like two years. Now a trend lasts a couple of months. Mm. So we're trying to make yeah, sure we're on top of everything. So like I think then when as soon as Biscoff became a thing, we started adding Biscoff desserts. Mm. Um, whatever's a trend, we'll jump on those. Yeah, yeah, certain desserts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I remember I was reading something. I think it was Jeff Bezos who said this. He goes, every business is going to cease to exist. But our, our job or our uh, main goal is to extend that process yeah. to make sure that it doesn't cease to exist sooner rather it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter no, no i agree bro like 2015 16 when i first started hsp was this thing everyone spoke about but it was on the news the the, the politicians like sam destiari and pauline hansen <laughs> they were talking about it so it became this thing and i remember even on facebook you know you got facebook not your facebook page we got facebook um groups there was this group with quarter of a million people man it had like 200 and something thousand people on it it was called Halal Snack Pack Appreciation Society. I don't know if you guys remember this. <laughs> like heaps of people, right? And what all these people are doing is they're reviewing shops, talking about shops. So I made sure it was my business to make sure people talk about me in a good way. Yeah. So I used to read what they want because they had their own criteria. So like, for example, if the guy didn't greet you as, hey brother, you lose a point. <laughs> if the, they didn't put lots of sauce on it, you lose a point. If you didn't get served in a styrofoam box, this is back then, you lose a point. There's all this criteria. If you didn't have a Turkish drink called Uludag, you lose a point. So I made sure, I'm like, guys, make sure we have a little egg. It goes in a styrofoam box, put lots of sauce and say, hey, brother, everyone. 
you know, we tick all the boxes. Yeah, so we yeah, got pumped, yeah. man. Like everyone started loving us. We got all the good reviews because we're, we're we're ticking the boxes that yeah. they've made for us. Um, but then now, like if I if I said it to someone, HSPs are not a trend anymore. No one talks about it. So you're right. Like you have to you have to do whatever you can to survive as long as you can because trends don't last for us. So HSPs are pretty much. They're not really spoken about unless you had it as you grew up. Mm. Like I can tell you now, like a year seven, a year seven kid now, he doesn't know what it is. He doesn't care about it. Mm. Whereas back in 2016, every year seven would be like, "No, nah, I was going to HSP." Like that's the thing. Yeah. So we we just started adapting, man, changing things up. So like we just went stupid. So like now we've got a HSP which is like that big. Like it's huge. It's two hundred dollars, I think, or one hundred eighty dollars, and it'll feed like fifteen people. But um, for value for money, it's mad for you. Yeah. But um, it's more like the the gimmick behind it. People are like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah we're, exactly. we're gonna yes. finish it. We're not and gonna it's finish all about it. Recording as yeah, well, man. Yeah. So they 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 jump on social straight away. They're all videoing. Where I'm videoing them. I'm like, oh, these yeah, guys see. aren't gonna finish the food today. So like, even this new thing I'm coming out with, which I haven't released now, is when you get that big one, I'm gonna charge the customer for every hundred grams. That, like, for, so I'll do it in hundred grams. So for example, <laughs> if you left over two hundred grams, you gotta pay me. Oh wow! Because like, like now, that. now I'm pushing you to finish your food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pushing you to finish the and food to, and to not and, waste. Yeah. And not waste. Yeah. So like, like it's not my own idea. I did see it somewhere online on TikTok somewhere where this restaurant was saying, you know, if they don't finish this meal, I'm gonna counter charge them. So you've already paid for your food, but I'm gonna charge you more now if you don't finish it yeah, because cool. you're telling me you're gonna have this, you know, five kilo plate or whatever it is. Then I challenge you to do it, and if you can't, there will be consequences. That's <laughs> sort of the way we're gonna do it. Yeah. You had to ruin the fun. But yeah, man, like I still have my doubts. Like I don't even know if my prime was like legit. Like I reckon people, people import. Like I know ours was the English prime from the UK. Then there was American prime that people wanted. The difference was the bottle shape. But uh, also caffeine as well, yeah. Oh yeah, so we, Australia never got the caffeine but, um, prime because oh, okay. apparently it just did not meet yeah, yeah. F. Ours is called FDA, I think, in Australia. Um, but yeah, it didn't get passed. It was yeah pretty bad. But yeah. 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 So, 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 so I was gonna say. Where do you, st- because you've opened now, th- you have three stores officially, right? Yep. Where do you see the future of this? Um, north. Yeah, no, north, northwest. I want to, I'm waiting for that. Again, I don't know if this sounds like, I don't want to sound super you know, over ambitious, but I want to start franchising out, inshallah, in the next 20, uh, in the next year, 2024. And I, my goal is to make sure that anywhere in Metro Melbourne, there is a clinic house within 15 kilometers. Uh, there has to be one. Um, yeah. yeah, so and then obviously after that, I want to start going national. So I want to like Sydney, Queensland, Adelaide, and we'll see if the other cities are worth it Shout or not. Them. But yeah, we'll see yeah. how we go. Sounds but inshallah, I want to yeah, start pumping them out. Thank you for joining us, bro. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, exactly. Thanks for having me. We're going to have all the links for Assad's Glenny Kebabs and everything that he does in the links in, in the, the description below. Inshallah, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and go show Assad and Glenny Kebabs some love. Uh, all of their social medias and all of their um, their links, inshallah. Yeah, and so they can roast them about their order. Yeah. <laughs>